Good morning. Hey. It's good to be here and, and to see everybody. Yeah, too many of these. It's uh, uh, it, actually it's a pleasure just to be up and about and able. Um, I've been a little infirm for the last couple months, but I feel really terrific today. And I feel terrific in, in more than one way. Uh, I have great expectations. I wanted to uh, uh, read to you and speak from uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Uh, and uh, beginning with the uh, sixth verse. I'll read that first. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Excuse me. Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, ye accept, ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. My uh, interest in that section of scriptures is actually two things. is uh, uh, me trying to be in a very clear my, myself, and I'm not going to be as clear as I'd like, but I want you to listen to those that speak to you, uh, not only now, but on other occasions, and, and listen carefully and understand what is going on and what you see and uh, what it is that is being communicated. What is the message that, that is today and is meaningful and valuable to this particular day in history? And, and so I want to, as I talk to you about some of the, my uh, story here, I want you to think about what things are really important in uh, this day and time. Uh, I, the, uh, the message uh, in uh, um, what, the sixth verse, no, no, it's not, it's the eighth verse. Um, for the trump given uncertain sound, who shall know the time of good battle? It was a custom in uh, ancient times. When you call troops to battle, there was a trumpet that would sound. There was a, a note, a chord that would sound, and there was a different uh, uh, sound for whatever you were calling to do. There was one sound for calling to battle, another sound for attack, and sounds were a way of communicating quickly across great numbers, and if you had a lot of trumpeteers and they could hear what the others were playing, they could spread the news very quickly. And so a battle could be... Uh, brought to bear very quickly by using trumpets. Very common way of communicating. And important. Uh, today we don't use that, but we 
we're going to talk, we're going to get to the point of a modern, what is a modern trumpeteer in the same manner and the same means. But uh, one of the things, yeah, when the trumpet sounded, they, when the first sound came, they knew it was time to prepare. You had to prepare for battle. You had to be ready to fight. You had to be ready to go out and do what needed to be done. And the second sound would come and be ready to attack. That would be your, your attack sound. And it would be entirely different. So they would know it is time to prepare or it is time to attack. And time, uh, and each of those would give them the opportunity to be ready and brace themselves for what is next and what they needed to do. They needed to know what it is they needed to do so they could do what, is, what their assignment was and complete it and fulfill it. And I'm here today to let you know you need to be prepared for what your assignment is to do, what our assignment is to do, and you need to be ready to complete it. So I was reading about this. I was reading uh, some stories that associated with it. And one of them, uh, you, you, I'm sure all heard of the Battle of Thermopylae. And uh, we, we all talk about the 300 and how brave they were and how courageous they were and how important they were. But they weren't the battle. They were just the notice, the first sound, so that the whole of of Greece and all of Athens would know that the battle was there. So they, they created a small little battle to give Athens a chance to prepare for the big battle and to win it. Athens won that battle because of those 300 sacrificed their lives. Not because that battle was so important, but because that battle gave them the time. That was the announcement, that was a trumpet sound the battle has begun. And each day in that battle, they sent word back to Athens how they were coming. And on the last day, they told them, this is it. We're going to lose the battle, and we're going to all die today. So Athens knew that the attack against Athens was coming the next day. And it did. And to the surprise of the Persians, Athens was ready. And they whipped them soundly. They defeated them in sea, in sea. They never got to shore because they were that prepared. They were every bit as prepared as they could possibly be. And that's what I want us to be right now, to be every bit as prepared as we need to be. Another battle that you, you, you've heard about and you know some of the story, but you may not know the key piece of it. Uh, the Battle of Midway, great battle, and you've probably seen John Wayne in his victorious attack on the Japanese and defeating them and all of that. But what they didn't tell clearly in the story was the most important piece of the story. We cracked the Japanese code before the battle. We knew when they were coming. We knew where they were. And we were able to attack them first. We were able to stop the battle on their grounds, on their side. They never were able to attack like they planned. They had trouble finding only one of the carriers. Three of the four carriers they found immediately and destroyed because they knew they had advanced notice. They were prepared 
for the battle that was there. It was not just some great, brilliant uh, military fight. It was well-planned and well-prepared. They won because they had better knowledge. And they knew what they were doing, and they did what they had to do. And they did it to the surprise, to a certain extent, of themselves as well as everybody else, because they were outnumbered. They were outmanned. There was, the Japanese had more carriers and more battleships and more troops and more everything, more armaments, more planes. They had more everything, literally. And they still lost because we were better prepared. We knew where the battle was going to occur and when. We knew exactly the information we needed to know. And I, I tell you all of this because I have been listening to and observing all of the things going on in the church right now, all over. And I tell you, and I'm sure you've heard enough about it already, but I'm going to tell you anyway, we had a wonderful time last weekend with Herb's Ordination. It was an incredible experience. And it was also a whole list of incredible stories of miracles and God's guidance and divine intervention and little pieces all fitting together to make a story that, that could be told to all of us. They could tell us how we got to the point where we are. And what that information is for us today isn't just the, those events occurred, but these events are occurring. We have a whole list of events that are occurring. And if you listen to all of the stories that were told on Saturday, you have many things to think about in terms of events and things that are going on all over this country, all over Canada, all over Central America and South America, of the power and the blessing of God and people God is calling forth to uh, establish and begin the work he wants to do. To a certain extent, I see and I can feel that God is going to do his work with or without us. He doesn't need us, but I certainly want to be a part of it. I want to be one of the ones he uses. And I want to be, more than anything else, a frontline witness to all of the things God unfolds and lays out before us, that many things that will occur, I can be right there and I can see it for myself. I don't want to miss a minute of the power and the spirit and the presence of God in all the places that he lays out his work and lays out the things that he's going to do. And he is doing it and going to do it. Fortunately, many of us have an opportunity, and I've listened to many people say how is they were in the right place at the right time, and they saw what God was doing. It wasn't something they were doing. They just happened to be there, and God did what he was going to do, and God blessed them. And I tell you this, if you listen to all those stories, it ought to put your heart in a mode of being prepared for greater things to come, greater than we've ever, ever seen, and greater than we can ever believe could be possible. But we need to be everyone prepared and ready and anxious to be there 
when these things occur, to be right there when it happens. You know, I've, I've said, and one of the reasons I wanted to sing that song, greater part of my lifetime, I have said over and over again, I not, may not be young enough or strong enough to build Zion, but I sure as heck want to be there when they set the cornerstone. And I still do. If I can be anywhere left in my life, even if I have only one day left to live, I still want to be there at the time they set the cornerstone. That's my anxiousness. That's my excitement. That's my expectation. That's my great expectation that I could see and be a part, even a minor little part, that I could be a witness because I can see right now God's doing what God's going to do. And I only can watch and witness and share what I've seen. And I'll tell you, I've seen the power of God many times. I've seen the presence of God many times. Many blessings, many gifts, and many wonderful experiences. Not only mine, but others. From many people, wherever they are, come and spend a moment to hear and to open our minds and our hearts and ears and hear the trumpet sound. Surely, all that has been proclaimed is coming. And it's coming even now. God bless you today. I'm going to ask Brother Micah to put up the uh, scripture again which is the verse with the trumpet. I really enjoyed Brother Dwayne. God bless you, my brother. I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, and this scripture stirred my heart this morning. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Now, I was never in the military. I was one of those post-baby boomers, I guess, that missed the draft and uh, never got to serve in the military. But my daddy did. And I used to enjoy so much sitting around the table listening to his stories of his experiences. And one of the things I do remember about my dad is that he hated a certain trumpet call. Like I'm using the word hate here. And that trumpet call was, and Emmett just mouthed the word, reveille. My dad would be out all night maybe posting guard duty, or my father was out all night doing other things uh, when you're uh, having uh, your evenings free. And the sound of that trumpet, that bugle in the morning, used to just drive him crazy. And you know, I, I, want, to, uh, I want to call out the definition of this. Reveille is a bugle call or a trumpet call that most often is associated with the military and it's chiefly used to wake military personnel up at sunrise. Now there's also something that I didn't know that's in this description and it's also used for the prisoners of war. 
and those that are in prisons to wake up in the morning and get their day started. You see where this is going, brothers and sisters? It comes from the French word, revel, or wake up. And I want to say this morning that if there's any theme that I got from Brother Dwayne's message, is that it's high time that the bugle is sounding for us all to wake up out of a slumber. For the preachers, it's time to be sent to go to preach the gospel restored, the glad tidings of Jesus being our Savior and can save ourselves from our sins and to bring us into that peaceful condition that we've been speaking about and preaching about for all these many years, the kingdom of Zion being built in these the latter days. Amen. And Brother Duane says, I want to be present when the cornerstone is laid. Well, I, I'm not going to get picky about a cornerstone, Brother Duane, but this is what I'm going to say. That as a church, we believe an angel flew in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to be preached unto every nation, kindred, tongued people, saying with a loud voice in reveille and a wake-up call, fear not God. And repent, for the hour of judgment is at hand. If that isn't a reveille, I don't know what is. That angel flew many decades ago and brought forth a record that has given us the fullness of the gospel, my brothers and sisters and friends, to be preached in power and glory unto all the nations of the world. And so it's time for the preachers to be sent and to be woken up to speak the glad tidings of Jesus Christ and him crucified. For how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of those that publish peace and glad tidings, the scripture says. How beautiful. What a descriptive. It's time for our nation to wake up. Amen. It's time for the politicians to stop worrying about themselves and serve the citizens of this country. It's time for teachers to teach the children what's right and not what's confusing. Oh, I could go on and on this morning of what it's time for. Oh, most importantly, brothers and sisters, it's time for those that are deep in sin and prisoner I don't care if you're Gentile or you're Israel. It's time for the prison walls to be shaking by the power of God. And that the, those that are, that are captive in sin are liberated by the power of the resurrection. And so I, I want to say to us all this morning, for those of you that you know, struggle with who Jesus is even and, and what can he do for me and, 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 and all this, this, this Savior stuff and Redeemer stuff, it's confusing to me. Oh, I say to you today, open up your heart to the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of God can speak to the most intellectual and can to speak to the most simple of mind. The Spirit of God is the discerner of our thoughts and our intents and will turn us to the right. Praise the Lord. For those of us that have been waiting for a day of awakening, my brother, how beautiful. 
I pray that whatever the great plan of the Lord is, whatever it is for me in my life or you in your life, that I'm ready. I'm ready to do the great work of the Lord. You know, brothers and sisters, Scripture teaches me that Peter denied the Lord. Yes? When the heat got hot in the kitchen, I don't even know this man. He actually began to curse so that he would be disassociated with righteousness and holiness. Well, you know, it wasn't three years. It wasn't five. It wasn't 12. How long does it take to get a a, a pretty serious degree of PhD behind your name? Maybe 12 years, right? Eight, 12, right? Didn't take that long. I I submit to you that it took months, uh, just a few short weeks. And this man, who was so unqualified, who was such a sinner... When he came at the day of Pentecost, thousands came to Christ, brothers and sisters, because the Holy Spirit had changed his life. Amen. He wasn't ready. But oh, when the Lord, when the trumpet sounded that morning and the church was born in the day of Acts, he was ready because the Spirit made him ready. Amen. These were uncommon, ordinary men made extraordinary by a holy calling. That's why Peter said, for we are a peculiar people, a holy and a royal priesthood. And so my brothers and sisters, wake up. I want to wake. I want to be filled with God's love. I want to be able to teach and to preach the glad tidings of Jesus Christ unto all people. No matter where we labor, no matter where we worship today, May the work of the Lord be foremost in our hearts. Because I got news for you. Someday there's going to be one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one church. There's going to be the church of the Lamb of God, which was upon all the face of the earth. Although small in number, the scripture says, had dominion upon all the face of the earth. And then there was another church. And we don't even want to go there today. There was another church. And that church made war with the church of the Lamb. And guess what? Maybe you know the end of the story. Who wins? Who wins? There's only one church left. Doesn't that excite you today? Doesn't it make your heart stirred? And there won't be any more ites and isms. There'll be one people of God, brothers and sisters. Oh, Jew, Gentile. It doesn't matter in that day. We'll all be one people of God under one creed and one faith, serving the Lord Jesus. And you know what Christ said? Oh, and they're going to be a, build, they'll build a city to my honor and glory. They'll, be a, they'll build a city in this great land of America and on the Jerusalem of old, and I'm going to come down and be in the midst of them. I'm going to walk with them and speak with them. The three Nephites will be there. John of old will be there. And oh, what a time it'll be. My, God, my, my brothers and sisters, may God bless you today. May the trumpet sound in our lives. And then one day I'm waiting for that trumpet as well. My daddy's passed on. You have loved ones that have passed on. Don't forget the hope of glory, brothers and sisters. And one day there'll be a trumpet sound. And the dead in Christ will rise. And those that remain here will meet him in the air. And the morning of the first resurrection will be the start of what a heavenly sign will be in then. Until that time, brothers and sisters, may we 
may we be diligent in our labels. For we have a labor to perform, the scripture says, that we conquer the enemy of all righteousness and then rest our souls where? In the kingdom of God. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters, is my prayer.